It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Spartan Theodora, and you're watching Pure Evil MMA. while now with a couple of fighters and it clicked tonight perfect timing we got Elias Theodoro calling in right now and right after we're going to be speaking to his upcoming opponent Eric Anders but first we got the man who's been a vet on Pure Evil MMA Elias checking what's going on Elias how you doing tonight I'm fantastic man thanks for having me on before we even talk about the fight I mean it's been a minute since we spoke and uh, yes, you've been on Invicta doing the Ring Boy thing. How is that working out? Do you feel like that's something that's going to stick for a while? Like after you, say for instance, in like five years from now, there's going to be a couple of Ring Boys they hire? I hope so. You know, I, I'm trying to break some barriers and some hearts along the way. Obviously having a blast doing it. And, uh, you know, the larger cause is for uh, equality in the aspect of, uh, you know, not just have a, a ring girl, but why not have a ring boy? And I'm uh, really thankful for Invicta for having me on as part of the team. And uh, fun fact, I'll be at Invicta 33, December 15th, um, uh, you know, in a couple weeks' time. So listen, man, you got this upcoming fight with Eric Anders. What do you know about him? Like, before you were, like, matched up with him, you actually wanted to fight somebody that he fought before in Leota Machida last time that you were on the show. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. So was that kind of like the first time you got introduced to him was when uh, those two fought? No, uh, actually, I was at the fight when he fought Rafael Natal um, in Long Island. Was that his um, debut, I think? Yeah, and that was the first time he actually called me out. So, you know, my ears were burning, obviously, then. And, uh, you know, third time's a charm. He's called me out a few times, and now he gets his wish, and I get my, my opportunity to fight in the hometown. Wrong. What did you think about the fight that he had with uh, with Lyoto in that fight? I mean, Lyoto was coming back, he got the win, and then he disappeared to Bellator. It was a, I, I, wasn't that his last fight in the UFC? What did you think about Eric's performance there? Do you see anything in there that you you think you can take advantage of? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, all the power to him for taking that fight and going into the the Dragons' hometown, uh, much like he's doing with me. Um, Eric's a, you know, a tough competitor. He's game. He, he's looking to knock someone's block off, and whether that's Machida or myself. Um, but obviously, there's ways to exploit that in regards to him being still very green. Um, you know, I think he definitely has that, that fighter mentality um, and that, you know, that true, um, you know, seek and destroy uh, quality. But um, I think that there's many different ways to kind of uh, take advantage of it because, like I said, um, he's still very green and very new, um, but, you know, he's a, a tough SOB, and I'm really excited to fight him. So this is going to be going down for UFC 231, and inside this fight, there's one thing that I can definitely expect from you. Anytime that you step in there, you kind of neutralize the fighters. Like, they can't really get around on you. I think uh, 
Adam Hunter said it best. It's like whenever a guy fights you, they can't really get to their best performance. It usually, you know, you usually neutralize them. Do you feel like you can do that for Anders? Yeah, it's actually funny. My uh, a friend of mine calls me Leech uh, from the X Men, uh, <laughs> where I I basically nullify. Uh, that's that's my superpower, nullifying people. Um, you know, uh, in many ways, uh, fighting is about uh, you know, it's an aggressive dance, and whoever can lead will win. And I'm a phenomenal dancer, and uh, kind of to play on the words of Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Everyone's got a plan until they see me dance. What are you doing to get ready for this fight? Anything different? How are you uh, preparing right now? Um, you know, born ready. Most people are born in hospitals. Um, the thing I would throw out there is the fact that this is my 10th UFC fight. And this is also my 7th Southpaw. So I know exactly what a Southpaw is, and I know exactly in many ways what uh, Eric Anders is going to come at. Um, he's going to come fast and I think hard right off the, the bat. Um, he feels that being in the uh, my hometown, in many ways he's going to, try and, you know, establish, um, you know, dominance off the bat, but I've been there before, uh, whether it's someone like Sam Alvey, who, um, you know, has triple the amount of experience in knockouts, um, and, you know, even longer reach, um, or it's someone like, um, you know, Dan Kelly, who pushes forward and in almost like a zombie-like state. Um, I, I've done this before, both of those were Southpaws, by the way, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. I think... Uh, Eric Anders is, uh, like I mentioned, a very hungry um, athlete who wants to really, you know, stake his claim in, in the middleweight division, and he's looking to, you know, use me as that stepping stone. I think that's why he obviously called me out. But as I've proved in the past, no easy uh, puzzle to figure out. Um, I would only argue that I've really only lost one person, and that's a, a mutual opponent, um, in Thiago Santos, and um, you know. Um, that fight showed, uh, you know, that fight, Eric Anders showed a lot of heart, a lot of balls for taking that fight on short notice, um, but it also showed that he made some of the same mistakes that I did uh, three years ago. So that just goes back to the aspect of, you know, he's he's still learning uh, as a mixed martial artist, um, but I'm expecting him to bring a fight because that's what he always does. And you bring up a really good point. Like, you've kind of been in there. You, you, you've kind of fought some of the higher-tier guys. I mean, he, he's starting to as well. But we even saw it last weekend between JDS and Taito Avasta. Like, you know, sometimes people get excited and, and they can make the smallest mistake, but the vet is so smart. He's been there. He's seen that before. He, the, the jitters aren't getting to him. And, uh, you know, I feel like you definitely have the confidence there. But does it honestly add any extra pressure? on you that this is going to be your 10th fight that you are fighting in your hometown. Honestly, does that add a any sort of pressure? No, it actually is a relief. Um, the fact that I had a little less traveling, um, you know, I got friends and family that are able to make it. And uh, my after party at the, the pint is uh, just around the corner. So, uh, and you know, um, it's, it's kind of, it kind of ingrains every single day that I wake up, uh, you know, even leading into this fight uh, that I could even see the stadium from my house. So, you know, extra motivation and uh, really looking to put it on for uh, my city. How do you see this fight going? If, if, if you can kind of preview it without giving anything away, how do you see this fight going? Obviously, you're going to stay with your hand raised, but honestly, how do you, how do you see this fight going down? I, I think um, in many ways, like you kind of touched on it, I think, uh, and I've touched on it, I think Eric's going to come out uh, swinging uh, in, the, in the beginning and uh, try to look to set dominance and look to set pressure but I think um, you know as uh, one can look uh, back I've never been outstruck in the 
UFC in regards to the volume. Uh, even out of the 10 fights, um, eight of those have been uh, double the actual um, double the actual volume of my opponents. And I think I just am able to, um, you know, set the rhythm and as the longer it goes, the, long, the better I'll be able to, um, you know, impose my will. Uh, obviously, um, you know, it is a fight and anything can happen, but I'm looking to uh, just push a pace that uh, that will create a great fight. And like you said, get my hand raised. So obviously, every time I have you come on the show, I always kind of break away from your fight because I always like to catch up with like what you're up to. So first, let me start with like, did you catch this weekend's fights between uh, Wilder and Fury? Yeah, it was a, it was a great. I, I got um, kind of the highlights. Um, I didn't see the full fight, uh, but man, was that Undertaker gimmick on full display with Fury. Yeah. Straight meme status right there. That was literally unbelievable. I, I love the people who were out there that made that connection there because that's literally exactly what it was. What, what did you score that fight as? Did you think it was a draw? And do you think it was a little corrupt because there's a lot of people that you know ha have a lot of opinions about this. A lot of people feel like the narrative was changed between the commentating. What was your honest and pure uh, reaction to this battle? Again, someone that only saw really the highlights, I'm taking okay. the word of those that um, that actually saw the full fight, but um, I wouldn't put it past boxing uh, because that's something that's been in, in kind of known and ingrained in the system that is. And uh, unfortunately, when you put it in the hands of the judges, uh, it's up to their discretion. Well, you know, after 25 years, especially in MMA, we just saw the 25-year anniversary. I had Chad Skelly on. There was a controversial call there, and I was talking with him about, you know, after this amount of time, what do you think needs to be changed inside the MMA scene, whether it be judging, whether it be, you know, refs being qualified at a at a higher standard, or what would it be for you? Um, it's definitely a picture of both. I think uh, only, only people that have competed in some capacity should be um, an official. I think if, you know, especially when um, you look at the fact that a lot of the officials uh, originally uh, in mixed martial arts uh, kind of came from boxing background because uh, they, you know, they kind of used their their infrastructure to, to build, you know, regulations and to build commissions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think there, there's a little bit of a bias um, on the boxing side to any kind of grappling or wrestling. So um, I think in many ways people should have some kind of qualification and some kind of, um, you know, uh, proof that they know what they're doing. All right, so before we let you go, last thing I want to talk about, are you going to be on any more book covers? Are you doing any more modeling? What do you got lined up for 2019? Yeah, no, I think uh, we touched on it in regards to Ringboin. I'm really excited <laughs> that it's probably up to 10-plus events in some capacity in uh, – the ring boy duties. Uh, really excited for that. To you know, keep on you know breaking barriers and breaking hearts. Uh, I also uh, own the trademark for Ring Boy, so I'm actually going to be creating a calendar. And uh, the plan is to talk to other UFC fighters and uh, get them to be a part of you know um, a part of the calendar. And who wouldn't love to see uh, Derek Lewis for uh, Mr. July? Uh, and again, breaking the the mold of. Uh, you know, uh, all that, uh, you know, big is beautiful in MMA. But I, I think one of the most important things that I'm kind of working on at the moment would be, you know, my not only my fight inside the cage, but my fight out. And that includes uh, fighting against the stigma of medical cannabis. As a medical cannabis patient, I'm in the process of um, getting a therapeutic use exemption um, in uh, TUE uh, in cannabis uh, for 
competition. Um, it's been an uphill battle uh, with USADA in the sense that they have, in many ways, an outdated mind, and it's uh, throughout this process that I've really noticed that they, they probably don't want to do it in general because of the precedence that it'll make, but, you know, any fight worth doing is going to be difficult and it's going to take a long time to get it all together, and I, I'm pushing forward, and um, one of the, the interesting things with USADA is they never say no, they just deny you and they ask for more information. Um, and since this 18-month uh, process that I've been in, um, they're finding less and less uh, opportunity and less and less things to say no to. So, you know, my next fight may be against Eric Anders, but my biggest fight is uh, not against one man, but against the stigma of medical cannabis. And, you know, I feel like things are so backwards. I remember back in the day, like, Matthew Riddell, or Riddle, he got kicked out of the UFC. Uh, even Nick Diaz getting in trouble for a couple of years. Just, like, really harsh punishments. Like, we see less punishments for PEDs and stuff like that. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, after fights, people, they go out. Even we saw Conor McGregor drunk at the press conference. That's doing a lot more damage than marijuana, at least in my honest opinion. Uh, it's something yeah. that definitely needs to change. Yeah, no, definitely. And even kind of going back to the USADA aspect, it's kind of like a little bit of hypocrisy in the sense that the, one of the things that they told me is I need to do essentially more prescription drugs uh, because they're first-line medicines, right? So and they're all. Uh, this is also at the time when USADA is having a um, campaign where they're you know trying to fight opioid addiction, but yet they're telling me to do more opioids. So it's a mm. little you know it doesn't it doesn't come it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, part of this is the fact that in the U.S. Uh, it is still a Schedule One drug, which means it has no medical property. Um, but in Canada, it's fully legalized, and we've actually had medical cannabis for over a decade now, uh, even to the point where I would say that don't just take my word for it, that cannabis should be removed from the pro, 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 uh, prohibited list. There you go. <laughs> Too much water <laughs> and cutting weight at this point. My brain's a little bloop. But, no, uh, it's, it. it's currently on the prohibited list, which means it's at the same level of steroids and HDH in regards to um, what you can find. And not saying that he is, but someone like Eric Anders or any opponent for that matter could opt out for something like Vicodin, and if it was in their system, it wouldn't be an issue, but if it was the cannabis is in my system, I'll get suspended for like months, if not years. So it's kind of uh, head-scratching, but you know that's part of the stigma, and that's part of the reason why I'm trying to use my platform to break down these barriers. Anyone out there that knows anything about opiates and what it can do to your body and how addictive it is, that should piss anybody off that that is the way things are. So things definitely need to change. I live in Connecticut. We have uh, places around here that sell it medically. And I know in Canada, they, they just actually, what, legalized it? Or what did, what did they yep, do up nationwide. there? Nationwide. It's yeah. It's really illegal, um, but, but even more so, um, and this is where it comes into, again, fundamental Canadian rights, um, it's attached to healthcare, and healthcare is considered a fundamental Canadian right. And um, USADA, unfortunately, uh, doesn't, again, this is not my work work, it's my medical practitioner and my, uh, my medical practitioner Solos Health Network um, and also my actual family physician uh, that has diagnosed me in regards to, uh, you know, using cannabis for pain, um, pain management and more specifically my bilateral neuropathic pain. Um, and again, it's one of those things that USADA is kind of fighting, um, fighting me on this because they, they know that the, the precedent that they'll make, not just for myself, but all for, for all Canadian athletes. Elias, I want to thank you so much. That's something I'm really interested in. I really, really hope that you are one of the leading guys to make a change for that because 
it's slowly but surely people are starting to understand the old ways are dying off and I'm sure it'll be no time before we can make something happen here so I appreciate you going out there putting your name on the line in front of it and fighting for this that means a lot to a lot of people out there thanks man and I appreciate the, your time as always and uh, yeah talk again soon hopefully La sooner than rather than later last but not least if you have any shout outs anything at all the floor is now all yours Elias no um, obviously uh you know, I hope everyone tunes into my fight and also the, the pay-per-view as well. I'm really excited to put on a show for my hometown and everyone watching. Elias will be tuning in. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you, And guys, until next time, when at the end, remember, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves.